In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the camp. Plenty to get to today. Got an interview coming up with uh, Greg Gillum. He is the chief of staff for the Wisconsin football program. I know we usually hear that term in politics, uh, but uh, that is not the case here. Instead, he oversees a lot, a lot of the program, uh, essentially everything but the 10 assistant coaches and the GAs and uh, the analysts. So everyone else is under his purview. That means recruiting and uh, creative media and everything else that goes into the Wisconsin football program, Greg Gillum uh, oversees it. And so he has been, he's known Luke Fickle since 2000. So he's uh, gone back a ways with him since he first started out in coaching. Uh, so a really interesting and uh, enlightening, I think, conversation with Greg Gillum uh, coming up. Also has a great story with Luke Fickle and paintball early in his coaching career. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, before we get to that, though, I wanted to make a special mention of someone that Longtime Wisconsin fans uh, probably know about, but maybe some of the younger ones don't. His name was Bernie Wyatt. Uh, he was a former assistant under Barry Alvarez uh, and a vital part of actually turning this program around in the 90s. Uh, he passed away this past weekend at the age of 84 after brief illness. I'm really upset with myself. I should have mentioned it on uh, Monday's show uh, or even Tuesday's show. So I'm, I, I do apologize for not doing that because he – had a profound impact on this program. Um, he was one of the first hires that Alvarez made when he came from Notre Dame. Um, he coached the tight ends for seven seasons before transitioning into more of an administrative role and then and a recruiting role. Um, but it was his connections to the East Coast and specifically the New York and New Jersey area where he made his biggest impact. Um, huge part of the opening of that recruiting pipeline into that area that would you know serve Wisconsin very well for the next fifteen to twenty years. You know, like a guy like wide receiver Lee Ramis. Uh, he turned into a huge part of the 93 Rose Bowl team. That was Bernie Wyatt. Ron Dane, that was him too. And we all know about Ron Dane, all-time leading rusher in NCAA history. I mean, the list of impact guys from that area, whether they were recruited by Wyatt or just a result of his efforts to get Wisconsin's footprint established in there, I mean, it goes on and on. Um, here's a few more guys, Kenny Gales, a cornerback on those, on that first Rose Bowl team, Michael London, a wide receiver on those teams, uh, Yusuf Burgess and Eric Oversack, both big parts of the defense, uh, on those teams. Um, everyone's favorite kicker, Vitaly Pasetsky, who reached out and reminded me about Bernie. And I appreciate that. Um, really, really upset myself still that I didn't uh, say anything these past two days, but, um, Jonathan Casillas and Anthony Davis and PJ Hill and Garrett Graham and a ton more. Um, I don't know if we're, I mean, Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor, New Jersey guys um, that probably based on Wisconsin's history as a running school would have been interested in Wisconsin anyways, but it was getting guys like Ron Dane and PJ Hill and Anthony Davis and those type of guys that came from that area helped Wisconsin, turn Wisconsin into that rushing power that they that they have become, and, and Bernie Wyatt was just a, a huge part of it. So I think it might be a little bit of hyperbole. I don't want to do this over the top, but I don't think Alvarez has the success he does in the 90s without what Wyatt did. So thoughts to his family and everyone else that uh, Wyatt touched um, during his time in college football that was spent in a number of different places, including Iowa, which is actually where Alvarez plucked him from. And uh, I know there are some Iowa fans that are probably still probably upset about that, but uh, just an absolute legend uh, as an assistant coach and especially 
on the recruiting front. So just a huge, huge impact on Wisconsin football. Um, all right, let's get into our interview for the day. As I said, caught up with Greg Gillum. He serves as the chief of staff for Luke Fickle, came with Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. He'll explain what that title means uh, and much, much more. Here he is, Greg Gillum. All right, welcome back in to the camp. And we're joined by a special guest. It is Wisconsin's Chief of Staff, Greg Gillum. Greg, certainly appreciate your time. Oh, it's great to be here. We appreciate the support and any, anything that we can do. We've been so excited about uh, the enthusiasm here at Wisconsin right now and anything we can do to promote Wisconsin, the university, and the football program. Glad to do it. How have you adjusted to Madison? Obviously, I know you're... Ohio, but you spent some time other places. What, how, how have you adjusted to Madison so far? Uh, well, you know what? It's hard to say a whole lot. I okay. mean, uh, my, my extent so far in Madison, other than a couple recruiting weekends, has been my office and my apartment. That's about <laughs> it. So, uh, but as, as far as the football program, the, uh, the adjustment's been been pretty seamless you know really it really has I've I've been on both sides of the program when there's been a coaching change I've been on the, the side of coming in more often than I have of being on the, the side of being retained and there's always you know some growing pains that go on in that in that interim time which is kind of tough uh, getting to know uh, who to call for this and who to call for that and where to go for this and where to go for that uh, that's that's probably been the biggest adjustment for us um, it, but I'll tell you what, the administration has been great in providing support and direction and helping it to uh, to be as seamless as possible. You've known Luke Fickle for quite some time. I think it's over been been over 20 years. I believe you met at Akron. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We was we uh, we got together in uh, 2000. 2000 uh, we hired this 24 year old GA from Ohio State that was kind of green behind the ears. He had just got married, and uh, Luke was there for two years for us, and then. Uh, he coached D-line, and then he went back to Ohio State as special teams coordinator. And uh, that way he would have gone back in 2002, and then I was fortunate enough to follow him there. Uh, I went as recruiting coordinator in 2005. So we were together uh, – well, I left Ohio State in 16, and then he left in 17. So uh, I know, as you said, you were at, with him at Ohio State. You did um, uh, a little bit of mentoring, uh, right, in like a five-year period between right. – uh, leaving Ohio State and then joining him in 2020, I believe, at Cincinnati. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I, I left. Um, the reason I left Ohio State, a friend of mine had gotten the job as the superintendent of Columbus City Schools, which is the largest public school district in the state, a little over 51,000 kids, uh, 21 different high schools. And he said, I got a challenge for you. He said, I want to build a mentoring program for every kid in the city of Columbus. And I said, well, who's doing this that I can go pick their brain? And, and he said, well, nobody. So he said, you'll have, the, you'll, you know, you'll have the, the right to go out and make as many mistakes as you do. And so what we decided to do right away in those first year or two was to uh, attack the at-risk seniors. Those kids that by October of their senior year were kind of slipping through the cracks and probably not going to make it across the stage. And what I was charged with was to go out in the Columbus community, recruit caring adults, uh, tr- give them some training and then assign them to a student, which was basically, uh, 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 it was a mentoring, but it was just more so uh, accountability and letting them know that somebody cared. And uh, we were in 21 high schools. We had uh, about 15 to 20 people in each of those schools. We tried to do as much one-on-one mentoring as we could. 
And uh, we were having a success rate of about 92, 93% of the kids uh, were making it across the stage. Awesome. So we, 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 were, we felt that, that we're moving in the right direction. We were wanting to move into the elementaries and the middle schools. And then, unfortunately, a little thing called COVID came along, which kind of um, put the skids to that. And that's, uh, that's when I went, to, um, went down to Cincinnati. Uh, you know, every year that Luke was at Cincinnati, I would always go down and spend one or two days at camp with him just to kind of help him with the big picture of things. And, hey, here's what I'm seeing. And he was saying, well, what am I missing? And I said, well, Coach, you got it going in the right direction. So, um, When we hear chief of staff, we think politics, which is, <laughs> is obviously not uh, your role. But I'm sure there's, there's elements to it. But can you just explain a big picture explanation of, of what sure. the chief of staff does within the Wisconsin football program? Well, at, at Ohio State, I, I went there originally as recruiting coordinator, and then I became the DFO, but I was still in charge of recruiting. And that was how it was when uh, in Luke's year that he was interim coach. So when Luke, uh, I mean, he, he tried to get me down there every year, and I said, Coach, I got this program. I'm just getting it going. It's not fair to leave before it's sustainable. So when he said chief of staff, I said, well, Coach, what exactly is that? What do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to be in charge of everything except the 10 coaches. And he said, I want you to free me up that I can coach football and do what I enjoy doing. So uh, I guess that that means I have responsibility for everything except those 10 on the field coaches and the GAs and the quality control guys. He, he handles those. But for me, I mean, that encompasses, you know, the academic program, academic support, strength staff, uh, training room, equipment, uh, recruiting, uh, the operations department, uh, kind of the liaison also with admissions, I guess, a little bit. Um, just to keep me involved with the football part, he puts me in charge of, uh, I'm the NFL liaison also. Uh, I'm the officials liaison. <laughs> I deal a little bit of that. On, on game day, uh, you'll actually see me. I'm, I, I'm the analytics guy on okay. game day. So when we cross the 50-yard line on offense, you'll see me beside him, uh, giving him a little bit of the input from the analytics. That's a lot. That uh, is a that is a lot. <laughs> and just you know, and, and obviously Cincinnati is a big-time program and a, and a really nice in a, a really good conference. Is it even more here? Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's just at a different level, isn't it? Just it, in it terms is. of like the responsibility that's that's uh, kind of being heaped on. Well, let me tell you the story. We. Uh, after he he accepted the job here and uh, and at his press conference on a Monday, he flew back to Cincinnati to meet with the coaches on Tuesday, and I was meeting with players all day. They were concerned, what should I do, and what's this going to affect? And he didn't even come in and see me. He just came in about 4:30 and put a flowchart on my desk and said, "Go home and pack. The plane <laughs> leaves at six in the morning." And I said, "Wow." I said, "How long are we staying or whatever?" And he went up staying for three weeks, but. On a, on a small bag, but uh, yeah, it's huge here. It's huge. The amount of support that's here. So obviously one of the biggest challenges is uh, getting to, to know everybody and doing an analysis on their strengths and then maybe tweaking a little bit what their job responsibility was before because now maybe it's better suited to do something different. Okay. And and that's that's been, I'm going to say, the fun part of it. Okay. Uh, no two days are ever the same. We still don't have everybody in place, uh, which we're working to get there. Uh, we're making progress. And, uh, but, you know, basically 
<clears throat> every day I walk in, I sit down at the desk, I open the door, and I say, okay, whatever comes through that door today, we're going we're gonna to grab it by the horns and take it on. How many, I mean, what's the percentage that you have filled here at this point in terms of? Oh, I would say we're, we're probably getting close to 90% of our positions. We just lost Mike Caputo, who went to Buffalo. So we'll have to fill a position on the defensive quality control now. Uh, We still haven't hired an assistant to the head coach yet, uh, kind of the office manager position. We were fortunate enough to just hire a new director of student, uh, student support this week. So that, that that will take a a load off, off of, um, off of my desk that, that she'll be able to step in and do a lot of those uh, things between recruiting. She's kind of the go between between recruiting and admissions and she'll walk players through the, the admissions aspect, the housing, scheduling all of those things when uh you sit down at your desk how much conversations do you have with luke like is there is there do you guys talk every day about like what's going on or does he just let you that's your stuff and this is my and this is my stuff if it's a good day we don't have to have many conversations because i try and keep as much stuff off his desk as possible um usually we'll see each other in the weight room in the morning when we're working out and um, we'll usually grab each other in the evening, you know, before we go home and say, hey, are there any fires, anything we, anything we got to address? Uh, other than that, our office, the proximity of our offices are real close. Uh, we're going to be redoing all the office suites uh, here in the month of May up there. Uh, so his door won't be right across from mine, so we have to get an intercom now, but I can usually hear him yell. <laughs> is, is the redesign up there just to get more offices or is it to bring you guys closer together to just better feel of how you want it to be up there yeah it's 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 i mean you know it's been a while since it's been done up there and once again you evaluate everything when you come in and we want to get it to to be a little uh, brighter atmosphere uh, we want to get uh, a, a couple offices consolidated. We're going to consolidate a couple offices and make a new offensive staff room up there. Uh, just in the way that we do day-to-day, it makes it more conducive for our communication and between individual coaches, between the offense and the defense, and planning practices, um, having academic meetings, all of those things. So that's that's kind of the driving force behind it. You've been here for, what, close to four months now? A little, yes. over, little over four yep. months. Uh, when, when you talk about fires haven't put out like what's like what in your day like what's the worst thing that you guys have to deal with <laughs> and, and i'm not well, you know and i, I know can you be can't, in any I, of those areas i mean <clears throat> i know you can't talk about everything right yeah like, I, you know I, I try to meet with recruiting at least once a week sure. just to get a feel for what's going on and and give them you know find out you know where 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 are your fires what can we do to make your job easier what what you know and I, i'm constantly reminding them to look at the big picture you know, because you live in recruiting, it's a day-to-day thing. So I'll meet with recruiting usually once a week just to get them going. Uh, usually try and touch base with all of those different departments. You know, it gives me a chance to get out of the office. So I walk down and see the equipment room and talk to Jeremy and see how things are going there. Uh, uh, Brian Lund usually comes up uh, to give us a report. So I'll sit down and ask how things are going there because we just lost a trainer and hired another trainer, uh, do those kind of things. Brian Lucas with the media comes in. Um, uh, unfortunately, because we don't have an assistant for coach right now, I'm trying to help manage his calendar with appearances and those kind of things. So Brian Lucas will come up and we'll, we'll, we'll have some discussions in that area every day. Um, you know what? It's Right now, knock on wood, there haven't been the fires. You know, it's... Um, uh, working with player development and our new stu- director of student services, we're trying to plan out some 
summer uh, education programs for our kids in terms of the NIL and financial literacy and those kind of things, which are good things that you try and get in place. So, I mean, it's it's a thousand miles an hour right now, and I'm I'm hoping by by the end of year one or year two that I'll know what I don't know, and uh, then we can get some routine. But right now there really is no routine. Uh, every day is a little bit different. Yeah. How important is communication between all these different departments? Because I know I was talking with, um, w- with the recruiting staff, and they were talking about how they have meetings on a regular basis with the creative media team. Right. How important are those type of bonds and, and communication to keep everybody on the same page and working towards that same goal? Well, I think the communication is one of the harder things to do today because uh, of how fast-paced everything is. But when you talked about <clears throat> the connection between our creative media department and recruiting, that's that's hand-in-hand hand right now uh, in, in terms of getting content out to help recruits know not only about our coaches but about our culture and about uh, the direction we're going. And the, uh, that That's imperative. So then that has got to come back around so our coaches are aware of what's going out so they can answer the questions that recruits will have about that. So, I mean, it's, it's continuous and ongoing. Um, and when there is a breakdown, it hurts. You know, I mean, I mean like right now, we're – I think we're practice four, practice five, somewhere like that. But we're already starting to push our coaches to start thinking about that May recruiting and where you're going and who the top recruits are and, and how we got to get them there. And then in that recruiting and in our weekly calls and communications with recruits, we've got to get a we got to get official visits scheduled and we got to get the younger kids to camp. So I mean, it's it's fast paced and it, there used to be an off season for football. No, not anymore. Doesn't there is exist. no downtime. It does not exist. Um, what makes Wisconsin unique, you know, compared to some of your other stops? Well, I, I you know, I was at Ohio State for 15 years, yeah. and so you knew the things that you used to recruit against them. <laughs> but the thing that was always attractive, and I think one of the things that uh, intrigued Coach Fickle about looking at this, is just the importance of football here and the mentality and the love for the university, the enthusiasm. If you have to go into a job and create that, that takes a lot of time and energy. That's not the case here at all. I mean, it's uh, Wisconsin's always been known for tough, hard-nosed kids and that would battle you to the end. They never quit. And I, I think uh, we're starting to see that as we're able to get out in the community a little bit more. We see the deep, deep-rooted love for this university and the football program. And, and that's exciting to see the glimmer and the glow and the anticipation and the enthusiasm. So I think that makes Wisconsin very unique. Uh, and, and also, uh, you know, the diversity of the community, not just the campus community, but of the state. Um, I, when I first came in, we were down coaches, so I got the opportunity to go out and visit different parts of the state just to kind of get a gauge on the perception of Wisconsin football. And uh, so I, I spent two or three days here in the greater Madison area. I spent uh, three or four days in Milwaukee, got up to Green Bay area, got up to La Crosse. Uh, and there's a common theme, you know, there's a common theme and it's deep, deep love, like I said, for the university and the program. So to see everybody coming together and pulling together in a positive direction right now is really, really exciting. I have to ask, um, what things did you use against Wisconsin when you recruited against them? Um, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, 
I knew it was a tough academic school, yeah. similar similar to the the school I used to be at. I mean, so we we had to recruit a certain type of kid there, and so the thing that that the the one thing that we laugh about it was that we always told the parents, now, Mom, you know that there's twice as many bars in Madison as there are grocery stores. <laughs> I'd always heard that. It's accurate. Uh, uh, no, actually, I think it's, it's about three times. Right. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, in, in Wisconsin, I think it might be accurate. Yeah. Madison, Madison's the, the, probably even yeah, at a higher rate. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but you know what, like I said, when I, I think when the parents come here and they see, uh, they see the academics, they see the academic support, and they understand the expectations for academic performance here. I mean, how how do you say no? How do you say no? Because you walk out of here with a degree from Wisconsin, you're set for life. Yeah. And uh, that was, you know, that was that was one of the things that usually when we were recruiting against Wisconsin, it was for an offensive lineman. That's what we came up here for. Yeah. And I was amazed at every school I went into in December and January. I mean, they just walk out these big guys, you know, and so, I mean, I don't know if it's the water. I don't know. You know, I, I I filled up a water bottle every place I went, hoping, hoping I can still grow some more, but, (laughs) but um, it's, it's just, just the culture of, of the state and, and the toughness that the kids have. Yeah. It's funny. It's uh, Barry Alvarez always tells a story about when he got here in 1990 and needed to turn the program around. He looked around the state. What do we have in the state? A lot of big people, right? So I'm going, to bring, I'm going to get those big people here, and we're going to grow grade on you, and we're going to try and run through you, and uh, we'll go get our hands and feet from out of state, but we need to keep our big people in state. And, and that's still common. I mean, that, that is very common. Is that, and, and I think, you know, I think um, last weekend Coach talked at the Wisconsin High School Coaches Clinic about the last time Wisconsin won the Big Ten, the percentage of kids – of the scholarship guys that were from Wisconsin. And we've got to get that back up. Our recruiting base is, I mean, we've got a footprint that we want to get about 80% of our kids within, you know, a, a three-hour radius, three-and-a-half, four-hour radius. And, yeah, then we'll go outside of that radius to, to fill those gaps or plug those holes. That, But um, I, I think there's something to be said in local recruiting and and, and developing a sense of, of 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 unity or a sense of of common pride, because I'm an in-state guy and yeah. I know what this football program's all about, and I think I think that goes a lot deeper than what we thought. And in this day of NIL and and guys changing teams and things so much, I, I see that being deteriorated in college football, and so I think the more we can keep that, the stronger our team and our units will be. Yeah, for sure. Wanted to ask you a couple more questions, uh, Luke Fickle. When did you know he would be a successful head coach? Um, and, and how has he changed since you first met him in 2000? Luke was always very intense as a position coach. Um, part of what I did uh, before was I would always sit in position meetings for every room. And I could see that Luke had the ability to teach. I mean, he's, he's never had teacher education but it comes across in the way he presents material. He, 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 he's, he's constantly asking uh, for the students to repeat. And he's got a way of, <clears throat> of breaking it down <clears throat> into the finest elements. So there will be four or five key words that he always uses, whether it's on the punt team or the kickoff team. And he re- uses it repetitive. And when you know the kids have it is when they can regurgitate it and bring it back to you. That's how you can tell. So I saw that he was such a good teacher. 
Uh, in addition to that, I saw the unity that he had in his linebacker room always. I mean, the kids would run through a wall for him. And he's got the ability to do that, not just in his, in his position room or when he became defensive coordinator on the defensive unit. Uh, he brought them together. And he also understands there's more to the game of football than just physical toughness. So one of the things that he identifies that we always have to teach and coach is the mental toughness because you don't know what's going to happen in a game. It's, there's too many, too many variables. So we try to prepare them for whatever's going to happen on game day. And if we've done our job in preparation, Saturday's one of the easier days of the week. Uh, so what our guys are learning right now is I'm not worried about the physical toughness, but we're learning the mental toughness aspect of football. And that's, that's part of the growth. And then what I've seen Luke grow in is just in – he's constantly evaluating everything he does. You know, whether it's every spring, we'll sit down and evaluate spring. Uh, we'll evaluate camp. We'll evaluate everything. And um, I, I think he's, he's willing to change as we – break things down and say what could we have done better and how can we tweak it and how can we enhance it and how we can make it more efficient. I think that's what I've seen him. Uh, he's not a guy that's been locked into, well, this is the way I've always done it and we're going to do it that way. Um, so as, as we've brought new people onto the staff, we've taken a list, we've listened and talked to them about how did you do this, how did you do that. And it's things that we're, the way we're doing it here is a little bit different than we did at Cincinnati. And how we did it at Cincinnati was a little bit different than how we did it at Ohio State. So I think that's what makes Luke Fickle an effective coach, is that he's, he's always aware of what's going on and how the game is changing, and the game of college football is ever-changing. And those that are going to be successful and survive are going to be the, willing, the guys that are willing to change. Yeah, the willingness to change in this environment is an absolute necessity at this point. You, I mean, with NIL and everything else that goes on, it's, you, you have to be able to, to change on the fly and do things differently if you're going to be successful, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, the NIL thing, it's, it's only in its second year, but <clears throat> and, and the portal, I mean, all of those things uh, are, are ever-changing. And, I mean, the way you started it or you envisioned it year one is completely off from what you have to look at for year three. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a change in college football uh, that you have to be aware of because it, it's a game-changer. For sure. Um, last one. Do you have a favorite Luke Fickle story uh, through your 20-some-odd years with him? Do you have something that sticks out in your mind at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of them. All right. Uh, at, at Akron, when he was young, our offensive line coach was a little older, and he was one of the bigger guys. We'd play basketball at noon. And, unfortunately, our offensive line coach was a little bit older and couldn't keep with him. So I said, well, I'll guard him. <laughs> and I said, if there's any way I'm going to guard this guy. I said, I, I can't match up with him. He's taller than me. He's fat. He's stronger than me. So I was kind of like a gnat. Yeah. You know, I would step on his toes and push him and that kind of thing. And, and he <laughs> wasn't taking it. So, I mean, a couple of times I know I took an elbow and went flying into the wall. And I just wanted to let him know I, he wasn't going to intimidate me. Yeah. Well, one of our, one of our outings was uh, we had a staff outing that we did paintball. And uh, we, I remember we had done like two hours of it. So we had one last event. And it was four guys on one side and four guys on the other side, flag in the middle. You could get hit as much as you wanted. You just had to get to the flag. Yeah. Uh, well, Luke was on the other side, and 
I remember when they blew the whistle and I went running for the flag and I said, I'm going to take as many as I can. All of a sudden I looked and I started seeing all the paintballs coming directly at me. <laughs> and I didn't realize the other three guys on my team had turned and went back. Okay. <laughs> so I got to the flag, and then I remember Luke and one, and Paul Winters, who used to coach here at Wisconsin, the two of them stood over top of me and just unloaded their guns on me. <laughs> and I was I was in the fetal position, and, uh, and I always remember that. I said, you know what, I'll, I'll get him back one of these days for that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Hey, Greg, really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy, so I, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out and talk with me. Well, Zach, we appreciate, like I said, anything that you can do and, and anything that Wisconsin football can do for you, help let us know, and we'll be more than happy to get out there. Appreciate it, Greg. All right, thanks. All right, there he was, Greg Gillum, the chief of staff for the Wisconsin football program. As you heard, he does a ton. He oversees a ton. Um, some A really fun story there at the end about uh, Luke Fickle and some paintballs. So certainly appreciate, appreciate Greg Gillum's time because he's a busy dude. So, all right, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Jesse will be back with me. We're going to break down... Thursday's practice. It'll be practice number six. And we'll also get his thoughts on what he saw in practice number five as well. Until then, you've been listening to The Camp.